Olá pessoal, tudo bem? And welcome to the Brazil Crypto Report podcast, where we talk to the builders, entrepreneurs, and influencers from across the Brazil crypto ecosystem. I'm your host, Aaron Stanley, and today I'm joined by Georgie Borges, who is the head of institutional sales at Fireblocks for LATAM. And we are on site here at Ethereum Rio, um, day two here, having a great time. Welcome, Georgie, to the show. Hi, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Hello, everyone uh, watching. Uh, yes, it's a pleasure to be here. Great. Great to talk to you. So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into crypto? Perfect. So um, I, I have the background in finance and later on in tech. I started, I had, I had a tech company. We, we had, we working with big data analytics, computer vision, and then blockchain at some point. And around 2020, uh, a good friend of mine uh, told me to take a deeper look into crypto. The first question I made was, who's the safe keeper of this all? Because I always sold to institutions, right? Mm. So in my institutional mindset, I was like, who's the safe keeper of this all? Mm. And little did I know that one year later, I was working the <laughs> market leader for uh, infrastructure and digital assets, which is Fireblocks. So yeah, that's how I started. Very cool, very cool. And then, so why don't you tell us a bit more about, about what Fireblocks is and what, what kind of prompted you to join Fireblocks? Perfect. So we we are a tech provider or uh, infrastructure provider on digital assets in the institutional level. So we started in 2018. Uh, our background, our company background, our founders, their, their backgrounds are on cybersecurity. So we treat uh, crypto uh, wallet management or custody of private keys as a, a, a cybersecurity uh, approach. And on top of that, we abstract the block, like blockchain and, and we bring the security stack, this governance stack, which is very important to institutions. And they can build many different products or, or capabilities on top of our infrastructure. Got it. Got it. So maybe give us some examples of like the types of clients or these types of institutions that you're working with. And then um, you know, what types of products are they, are they building on top of this infrastructure? Well, our... our Spectrum goes as far as uh, small crypto startups building blockchain infrastructure to on gaming to large traditional custodians like BNY Mellon, uh, which is both like a client and an investor. So it ranges by a lot, but right now we see a lot of projects. We, we had a good 10 years of crypto trading uh, being the king of the market and with a lot of volume volatility but now we we see like two different roads uh after last year one is web3 the other one is traditional finance mm. and so we 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 have many clients in building web3 projects nft projects loyalty nfts or or gaming to big banks finally going to digital assets Interesting. So a lot of these big, these big banks that we hear about in the news that are you know, either rolling out pilots or, or testing different, uh, or they're offering these types of crypto trading services and custody services to their customers, or they're just kind of you know experimenting with some of these things in the back office level. Like a lot of these folks would be, these would be like the prime folks that are using your infrastructure or are the candidates to be using. Yeah, as of today, we have close to 50 global banks using Fireblocks, but you're right. Uh, before they launch any project, uh, we are at the, the stage that they are testing the waters 
So they have their own standards, their own parameters, uh, diligence and so on. So they are testing the waters. They're seeing like if this stands by itself, you know, like uh, which it's something that we see it progressing. But I'd say that most of these banks are not really launching products per se, mm. but they are getting ready, testing the infrastructure for the next steps with either like a CBDC project or a stable coin or offering crypto or to tokenizing uh, financial products in the mm. near future. And I know Fairlocks has been involved at least in some conversations about some digital real aspects. I'd, I'd like to ask about that a bit later, but 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 first I'd like to get your 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 articulation of just like how does in this kind of world of, of crypto infrastructure firms you have you have a fireblocks and you have more kind of pure custodians like a bitgo you have um you know some other exchanges like coinbase gemini etc that are offering kind of their own custodial solutions and you have others like you know like copper and there's a bunch of these things kind of out there that that sort of brand themselves as like institutional crypto infrastructure i guess so I'd just be curious to hear your how you articulate like what's the the value proposition that fireblocks brings uh, to this to this market? Yes, that's a great question. I mean, we go straight to the ethos of crypto, which is not your keys, not your coins. So mm -hmm. uh, in the institutional level, we believe that uh, you have a lot of, you, you have a different uh, uh, standards that you have to meet. And what we do is we provide the tech infrastructure for our clients to, to build on top of. And, and in the end of the day, you're talking about direct custody, so you, 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 we, we provide the tech stack for them to do it uh, in sa like safely uh, with the level of governance that ex they expect, and they can scale uh, to eat any different project if it is tokenization or CBDC or just uh, holding uh, custody of crypto. Uh, we like to think that we we are building a, a future-proof platform that our clients can build build on top of and provide their services to the clients. Uh, and in the end, we we are like the... In kind of door. Plumber, yeah. Plumber. We are the plumber, you know, like we, we get our hands uh, dirty, we connect the pipes and, and make things work in any scale. Interesting. So you guys aren't necessarily offering any kind of financial service component to this directly? Like you're not offering any like kind of liquidity or market making? No, or... we... we it's not our intention, it's, it's, it's not our core business. So if we are focused on our core business, which is we treat, I mean, when you come from the financial market, you, you have this idea of custody and the correlation with crypto custody is, is very high, but the causation you know, and the nuances are a bit different. So in the end of the day, like you, you the digital asset is, in the in the blockchain, so you not it doesn't really exist. Like hold uh, uh, custody of a crypto asset, so the private key is the key. So you know, mm -hmm. like these, we treat these as a cyber security cyber security matter, and it's our job to provide the tech stack to for institutional clients to 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 have that in the highest level and can scale uh, as they want. Got it. So. So I guess that's maybe kind of a point of differentiation between what you what Firebox is offering and what other maybe competitors are offering. It's just that you guys aren't necessarily um, offering any kind of financial services here, so that there's yeah. there's less kind of licensing and other types of regimes that you have to worry about because you're not actually offering like the, you're basically giving the tools for for your clients to build these products and these systems themselves, essentially, uh, rather than um, 
kind of directly offering these. To, uh, I understand yeah, that correctly. Very similar to like a cloud provider, right? So when mm -hmm. you want to, to to build like your Netflix or any other services online, you go to a cloud provider and then you consume their not only their their cloud but also the stack of technologies around mm -hmm. uh, their environment. So it's it's pretty much like that. So we abstract the blockchain technology. We 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 have our own. Uh, multi-party computation cryptography uh, we, we have our our um, governance rules our policy engine okay and 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 then uh, any of our clients can build like uh, different uh, projects on top of our our tech got it got it so let's shift gears here a bit and talk a bit about what your role specifically is in the region here. Um, you're, you're overseeing kind of sales and, and development in, in Brazil and the rest of LATAM. Uh, maybe we'll start with Brazil and we can, we can branch out to the rest of LATAM. Um, but we'd love to get your thoughts on, um, you know, just how, how has Firebox been entering this market? Um, what, is, what do you see as the potential of this market? And um, I guess you've been working there for about a, a little over a year now. So what, is, what has the experience been? Um, even though now that we're in a you know a bit of a, a, a slow market at this point, yeah, it's it's been great. Uh, we we have clients in Brazil since 2019, uh, but now we, being present at the region in this region seeing, uh, for a year now with the team makes a lot of difference because you know like here in Latam when you have a team around you have support you have you, you know like we. Uh, LATAM is definitely on Fireblocks map and we see this region as strategic because as you said, the market is, is uh, going through a phase right now, uh, but last year we were able to, to keep growing exactly because our product can attend like uh, Web3 projects or banks and mm. they're driving this growth right now. Crypto trading, we had a, a consolidation, let's, let's call it. We had some big names that were uh, uh, left behind, but we see that this is consolidating, and we we, we see a new horizon on Web three and 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 Thread five for now. And it's not different in Brazil. I think Brazil has a very good, very positive environment in terms of uh, the regulators, um, the the traditional players like banks. They are getting involved. Uh, really great. Uh, crypto and Web3 projects. Uh, so the, the ecosystem and the environment per se, like including regulators, uh, it's, it's, it's very positive right now. And I'd say that is, is, is our number one priority for the region and one of our top priorities globally. Mm. Well, that's, that's great to hear. Um, and then kind of on that spectrum that you mentioned of, uh, of your clients from, or potential clients from uh, large banks to kind of bootstrapping Web3 startups. Um, how would you describe that mix, like in, in Brazil specifically? Like, what, where are you finding most of your, um, where are most of those clients coming from? Which, which end of the spectrum? Or where's the most interest coming from? I'd say that uh, the banking sector and, and this discussion with CBDC and tokenizing financial products uh, is something, is a, it's a very hot topic in Brazil right now. So we have a lot of, uh, a lot of interest shown in this area, but you also have a really cool projects starting Web3 or, or, or crypto as a rail for 
for something else, gaming, uh, NFT projects, and all that. So, so Brazil is very rich in terms of uh, covering this whole spectrum. And and when you compare it to the rest of Latam, you have some particularities, right? Because mm. uh, in Brazil, you have an amazing product like Pix. So it's not much about like using crypto as a pay-in, but uh, like it is in like Colombia, in Mexico, you know, like so. Right. So uh, I'd say that Brazil is is leading these these um, this race in Latam, and definitely on on top of our list uh, globally. Interesting. And um, yeah, I've actually been covering quite a bit um, in my latest podcast on the subjects of asset tokenization and like the digital real and whatnot. And the theme that I keep hearing recurringly uh, from from different actors is that just because Brazil has really solved the the payments problem, right? We already have picks. We don't necessarily need like a you know a speedier payment method because it's already pretty fast, anyways. Um, that it's it's allowed you know folks in the ecosystem here to really focus more on some of these higher level uh, kind of tokenized financial products, right? And tokenized assets um, and um, kind of more advanced things like digital rail and whatnot. So. We'd love to, to get a better understanding from you about like, like how can it's like if, I, if I'm like a startup that has an idea for like a tokenized financial product, like I want to you know, want to tokenize a, a player on my football team or something or whatever, whatever the idea might be, uh, like how could I go about you know, using player blocks to sort of achieve this? Yeah, that's that's a great question because we do have some of these cases. We have uh, we have a couple of clients here in Latam that are already built like a, some really powerful like uh, web three cases. Like we have a, a client in Argentina that tokenized uh, airline tickets with uh, the largest airline in the region. Uh, so mm. creating like a secondary market, you know, like uh, and, and other things. And we also have a client also in Argentina that is tokenizing like a tennis and golf player like career. And and yeah, so so you see like all these kind of cases like also here in Brazil you 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 have you know like the largest stablecoin non non to the U.S. dollar you know like uh, comes from Brazil you have other really cool cases here and tokenizing financial and the tokenization of financial products are is a topic that uh, again to the to the regulatory environment that we are in right now. It's something that they can they can test it and do a pilot. Even like a regulated uh, player, like a bank or a, a fund or payment institution, now can can uh, tokenize, you know, like loyalty or mm-hmm. debenture or like receivables. So yeah, we we we're gonna see more and more on that. And I think that the central bank and the real digital going to be a very important part of these, uh, let's say, uh, these scaling up faster. And uh, on the digital AL piece, uh, we'd just like to learn a bit more about what your involvement or the Firebox's involvement in this process has been. Uh, I know, uh, Michael, your CEO, gave uh, an interview to some local journalists, um, you know, maybe a month or two ago, maybe longer, um, just talking about some of the, you know, the, the consultations they've been having with the, the Brazilian Central Bank around, around digital real. Um, we'd love to just get some more color on, um, like, how, like uh, what have those discussions been, um, and then you know, kind of, how do you guys see yourselves? It feels like the, the digital rail uh, ecosystem at the moment is very much like a kind of an open sandbox where there's 
They're inviting people to come in and just build test cases and, and try new things. And uh, we'd love to hear a bit more about how you guys plan on engaging with that. Well, yeah, so since this uh, piece from Michael, he visited Brazil uh, last December. Uh, we, we, we've been interacting with, with the central bank, especially in, the, in a project that we are present on in the Lyft uh, 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 sandbox with Ave and Polygon. So this specific project uh, is around the permission of DeFi pool in this mm. in, in the institutional level, right? Like in wholesale. So the regulator can whitelist who's going to participate in and any kind of, uh, you know, you can create a pool for bonds, a pool for a certain uh, tokenized financial product, depending on the risk or volume or whatever, okay. and let the, the regulated players that are whitelisted on each pool to interact uh, with them and 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 take advantage of adv advantage of the benefits and the efficiency that we'll have like with automated market making you know like the risk assessment liquidation and everything that DeFi can bring i mean so let's say a def an institutional DeFi. right right this is super interesting um because i mean as far as i know of this is this is like the only Test case in the world that I'm familiar with of, of like a central bank kind of experimenting with with this type of technology with even with these type of concepts. I mean, this is pretty advanced stuff. Um, I mean, there may be it may exist elsewhere. I've, I have no idea, but like I haven't seen anything reported, and it just feels like this is this is this is pretty like advanced, right? As far as uh, really shows gives you a glimpse into like what the central bank is thinking and like how like they're really taking kind of like a long a long tail vision with with developing this. Um, so I think it's really cool that you guys are involved. I didn't realize you guys were involved with that. I was familiar with, I do that. Abe was, was doing something, but I wasn't aware that you were involved in that. Um, but, um, I think the, the other thing that I wanted to, to ask here was, was like about the, just the, the broader kind of regulatory climate in Brazil. I mean, you touched on this briefly earlier, but just given the fact that we have this, uh, there's been a law passed, uh, there's, we're in the process of getting a, a licensing regime in place right now. Um, I guess we don't know when it will actually be enacted, but it's in the process. Um, but would love to get your thoughts on you know, how is this, has the sentiment changed? And if so, how as to, you know, how your, your potential clients are viewing crypto in Brazil. Now it has, now that there's an actual law passed that's saying like, Hey, this is a, this is a, this is a, like a real thing that we're going to, we're going to kind of try to do it the right way. Yeah. Uh, the, the law was a very important step uh, moving forward. We, I think that the market is waiting for a decree and for regulators to come and, and work on the framework. And, but I think that the, the regulators that probably can take place in, in, into this uh, piece, they, they, are, they have most of it uh, already discussed, let's say in terms of framework, you know, like they've been talking to to the entities that they regulate, they've been testing. So I think that once you have decreed and you, you know who's going to do what, mm -hmm. um, I think this will move fast. But when you, we see not, not only in the in Latam, but globally, we have a lot of global companies or even like Latam regional companies, like shifting the focus on Brazil. You have like one of the largest exchanges in the world, uh, you know, like we their founder, like living in Brazil, you have mm -hmm. uh, companies from Belgium, from Hong Kong and other places moving to Brazil. 
to to explore this environment, uh, and I think it's been great because you bring like a, another uh, uh, outside expertise and in a very high level, and and it, it helps uh, fomenting and growing the into all these projects. Has it had a discernible impact among uh, you know some of the banks that you may be talking to, or some of the financial institutions or who might be potential clients? Is this I mean, were, were they kind of you know, maybe waiting for this law to get passed before they really started you know, maybe looking into this a bit more in depth, or was this already maybe kind of priced in, so to speak? I, I'd say it's it's mostly priced in. Uh, I, I'd say that if you look back like 18 months ago, in some like this topic was kind of like a for, forbidden topic in some big banks, and now are the same banks that are getting ready. Uh, but with banks, you have different approaches. You have banks that are willing to to offer like uh, crypto currency and tokens to, to their clients. But most of the traditional banks, they look at it as digital assets. They look at it mm -hmm. as being part of CBDC and tokenizing financial products. Not, not exactly like offering Bitcoin or Ethereum I mean, they might if they want, uh, you know, like we have some banks offering these in Brazil and the regulator is okay with it. So, but we see that the main approach is testing the infrastructure to get ready for the next step. Uh, let's say the next step of the financial markets, markets uh, using blockchain and digital assets as a rail. So bringing more efficiency, uh, tokenizing in everything they can so they can, you know, like, bring liquidity mm -hmm. to liquid products or even uh, fragmented, you know, like be more democratic or to have like a 24 hour market or secondary markets where it doesn't right. exist. I mean, there are a lot of use cases that they can explore. Right, right. And then we'd like to get your thoughts on um, just, you know, throughout the rest of LATAM. Um, I mean, obviously you're, you're in Brazil, you're focused in Brazil, but you're, you're responsible for all of LATAM. Um, and I think you, you mentioned you had a few staff you know, kind of spread out the region, uh, Mexico is one of the places. But um, are there any other markets in Latam that, that you'd say Fireblocks is like particularly, you know, keen to, or you mentioned some use cases from Argentina as well. Uh, but what, what else are you seeing around the region? Yeah, I think, I think Argentina has a lot of cool projects and tested projects that, uh, I mean, Argent, uh, Argentina is willing to take the risk to, to test other products because of, of the, the, the phase that they're living there. Uh, and it's great for evolution because for innovation, because, mm -hmm. you know, like if you take more risks, then you'll, you'll get more innovative and you bring uh, uh, better projects to the table. Uh, so Argentina is all, always very important. We have a limitation with like regulated entities uh, working with crypto and digital assets in Argentina that I, I, I hope will change soon. But yeah, we see uh, a lot of growth in countries like Colombia, uh, Mexico, uh, Peru and Chile. We start to see uh, a bit of, uh, uh, of involvement, let's say. Uh, so yeah, we, I think that, I mean, Brazil is a first mover, or central bank is a first mover, not only in the region, but globally. Uh, but you see this echoing uh, onto like other countries in the region. So I think that they are waiting for uh, what 
not only Brazil, but what the neighbor will do or whatever to take the first steps. Got it, got it. And then from, from Fireblocks, Fireblocks is obviously a big global company, um, you know, founded in Israel, headquarters in New York, got operations, clients all over the world. Um, how, do, how do you as a company see you know, Brazil as like a, a really kind of critical market in your kind of your global you know, game plan, so to speak? You're, you're, obviously, when you look at you know, new markets for crypto, um, I mean, you know, there's the US, there's the EU, EU just has some legislation, you know, US is like not looking great at the moment. Um, Russia is kind of off limits for obvious reasons. China's kind of a black box, right? Um, and like, you know, you can keep kind of going down the list, but obviously Brazil is a massive place. There's 200 million people here, pretty well established financial system, um, you know, relatively wealthy country. Um, I guess, how does, so how, how are you, how, how is, I mean, maybe you're a bit biased because you live here, but like, how does, how does Fireblocks see Brazil as, uh, how does it fit into their, the, the global puzzle, basically? Well, yeah, I'm definitely biased, but I think that the the level of engagement we have from our senior management and C-level and founders coming to Brazil like on a regular basis shows uh, how important uh, Brazil is is to the company. But yes, uh, that's that's the thing. Like the good thing about having this global approach, you know, like right now we we, we have like Amer the the U.S. market like is struggling a, a little bit. I mean. We ask for regulation and it's coming, so you know, like their own way. But uh, but that's the thing. We can we can uh, we have many baskets, and in, in every different region, there's something going on, either positive or negative. But you can see positive in all of those regions. So in Americas, we have Latam and Brazil, like are more open and a lot of things going on. In Europe now, with like more clarity, you see more. A good momentum being built and explored and Asia always brings like a lot of projects and volume and because okay you don't have China but then you have Singapore you have Indonesia you have India we have a, a tokenization project with the largest retail chain in India Flipkart mm -hmm. um, so and not only banks so you have banks you have like retail you have uh, web3 projects so the good thing of having of covering this wide spectrum is that, I mean, you might have bad news on one end, but uh, you know, like there's plenty of good news on the other end as well. Yeah, right. It's all about diversification, yeah. right? Because uh, all these places are going to have their own, you know, different sort of climates uh, and, and levels of conduciveness to crypto in some fashion or another, right? Um, and obviously, each one has their own kind of unique niches uh, and uh, specialties, right? Whereas, where in Brazil, it's really kind of this asset tokenization stuff is really starting to take off, perhaps more than in other countries. Um, uh, final thoughts here. Um, you know, Ethereum Rio day two here. Um, what's your thoughts on the conference so far? What are you kind of looking to achieve out of being here? I mean, general general thoughts compared to, to last year, perhaps. I mean, yeah, it's it's always great to be in Rio, right? I think. You're agree with me but yeah i think we, we we do have some events in brazil but it's always great to to have such event like ethereum real like with this infrastructure with players that are part uh of of this conference the panels i mean it's just great to 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 get the whole environment together in one place and why not real and you know like see see that regardless of what's happening, especially compared to when, where we were like last Mar March last year, when mm -hmm. we had the, the event here in Rio, 
um, is that everyone's still building, everyone's still positive, you know, like people are just uh, developing and creating uh, cool stuff and, and evolving. I mean, you see that probably we say that we live dog years in this market, right? So if you probably talk to someone that was starting last year that came here as uh, a visitor and started to, to, to dig deeper into this subject, now they're probably like a senior, you know, right. like because <laughs> if you are one year in this market, like you already know a lot. So it's great to see this evolution in Brazil mm -hmm. and I hope more, more comes uh, and, and yeah, like we, it's our job to close this gap and, and offer like an infrastructure that, I mean, from small projects to big banks, you can build uh, your project on top on and count with, you know, like this institutional level kind of infrastructure. Great, great. Well, thank you so much, Georgie, for your time. It's really great for you to join us today. Really great to learn about Fireblocks and, and uh, what you're doing in Latam in Brazil here. Um, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And it's always a pleasure. And thanks for everyone watching. Amazing. Obrigado, everyone. And thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the Brazil Crypto Report newsletter on Substack if you haven't already. And please do give the show a five-star rating on your podcast app if you enjoyed this content. We'll be back soon with another great guest.